So why are you a drunk? Why am I drunk? Why, is that really what you want to ask me? Yes. Well, then this is our first date, or our last. Until now, I wasn't sure it was either. First. It's our first. I, I just want to know. Why are you killing yourself? Interesting choice of words. I don't remember. I just know that I want to. Are you saying that your drinking is a way to kill yourself? Or killing myself is a way to drink. Very clever. Can I have another one, please? All right, everyone, here we are. First episode live in the theater talking movies you guessed it we're talking movies my name is mofo jojo and i'm here with two of the greatest film critics the world has ever seen would any of you like to introduce yourself first please please go ahead uh my name is burn joyland uh for many years uh i have published my own broadsheet called for the joy of movies uh, and I have recently, uh, not, it's not the happiest story, but I have been forced into a digital media career. Um, call me old fashioned. I like print. Uh, when you read, I think you should smell wood pulp. Uh, right. that never escaped me, never left me, but you know, the, the future is here. And, uh, I was a tech holdout for a long time and, uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Patreon, and uh, I now write for Screen Rant. Wow, congratulations, Byrne, yeah, on, on, uh, the screen, on the Screen Rant job. Well, and I published my first article uh, for them the other day. Uh, I didn't select it, uh, I did write it. Uh, it was called uh, Six Times Emily Ratajkowski Almost Melted the Screen with Her Stunning Body. And, uh, you know, it was assigned to me, but not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. Well, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you had a great time. We're really happy to have you here, Vern. It's it's truly an honor. Um, and, yeah. My name is Ebert Bergbert. I was born into being a film critic. My parents obviously named me after the incomparable Roger Ebert. Um. My parents actually made a film about me called him. I have often heard others say that their pronouns are he, not him, because I'll never be him. They were talking about me as a baby. But, like, you literally, like, are him. I, I'm that guy. Um, I had a clockwork orange-style homeschooling where my eyes were held open for my formative years and I actually watched uh, Eyes Wide Shut as my first film I ever saw. And now um, I have gone into academia. I study film theory. I'm on my third PhD. 
Oh, wow. And um, really into publishing long-form craft essays about the art of filmmaking. I'm very excited to be here. I'm sorry for the emotionality in my voice. No, you seem really broken up. I mean, you you really you bring in the energy. You're really like your energy right now. It's like it's like impeccable energy right now. I'm I'm truly blown away. I'm, I'm not always like this. I'm sorry, guys. It just really hyped after seeing The Good Devil in theaters with y'all. I know. I know. The Good Devil. That's something we're going to get to at the end of the show. That's actually a big inspiration for why we're doing the podcast because this movie was just incredible, right? But um, And before we get into that, I just want to let, uh, let everyone know, since both of my co-hosts have uh, introduced themselves, to remind you all that my name is Mofo Jojo. Um, I'm 42 years young, and I recently graduated from the International College of Broadcasting in Ohio um, with such esteemed, uh, you know, graduate. Got some well, great colleagues there. Great colleagues. Vince Kissinger, amazing. He does a YouTube thing. I definitely check it out. Um, I can't talk about it much more than that. But um, I also got my online bachelor's degree in cool films from the Funny Junk slash E-Bombs World University. It's a definitely not accredited university. Um, I, I did about 124 credits in a capstone, and I just recently graduated. Um, like I said, I'm 42 years young. It's been a lifelong dream of mine to become a film critic. So, you know, it's, it's truly an honor to be here with, you know, with y'all being able to talk about movies you know we're live in the theater we're talking movies isn't that incredible i have never been more excited in my entire life you know when i was uh, i'm 52 years young and uh when i was 15 years old uh i was in the theater watching teen wolf and i saw michael j fox dancing to surf in usa on the top mm. of that moving van and i was hooked I mean, I was a cinephile for life after I saw that. And to be doing this uh, since the 1990s uh, with the help of my family has just been, it's yeah, a dream. I live a dream. Truly. Like, I could not do this without the, the enormous subsidies that um, my family has provided, truly. Um, I'm not going to get into that at the moment, but I'll just say... You know, I watch like six films a day. Like they allow me to really get my 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 issue off. You know, I you can find me at mofojojomovies.com. Uh, um, that's my main publication. I'm a publisher. I publish movies. I publish movie takes. I don't I don't actually make movies. I just talk. I just talk to. I, I just talk about movies. You know, I don't actually make movies. Um, you find me at mofojojoyoutube at youtube.com. You can find me Mofo Jojo Twitch on Twitch.tv. You can find me at Mofo Jojo Twitter on Twitter. Um, and you know, I'd say the only thing that I have going for me these days is I won one prize in my life. Um, it was the first thing I'd ever won. Um, I had been a loser pretty much up until this point, until I was about 37 years old, and I won the IMDb award for the best movie list, which was the 69 best movies ever made list. Um, nice. Just, I just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, I got credentials. You know, I've done things, some some good things and some really really bad things. 
what what were the bad things? I, I've only heard good things about you. Listen, I'm just saying, don't ask my ex-wife about you know the movies I would watch and the things I'd I, I'd suggest and. We're just not going to get into that, okay? What, what what I like about both of you guys is that you're, you've made something of yourselves, whereas, you know, I was more, I was created. I was, bo- I was born into mm. this. And, you know, so it's, it's a really interesting to get that rounded perspective of, you know, experience and, uh, and uh, I'm excited to delve into the to the four, four films we're going to discuss today. Yeah, I you know that obviously you know I don't want to hear anything about nep nepotism nep you know you're a nep nepotism thing you know Tom Hanks once said nepotism's fine it works for us okay we're just people who make movies and we're just people who talk about movies right that's just what we do that's who we are. Fuck what anybody got to say. Uh, the, That's just the, what we are. You know, they say that the American public, they, they trust Tom Hanks more than any American president that's ever sat in the Oval Office. Look, I, I just been in the lab way too hard. I don't know a single president. I don't know who that is. Who is who is president? Is that a guy? I just know facts about, you know, Tom Hanks. Right. If Tom uh, the pl- last film I saw, the president was Morgan Freeman. I'm not Morgan sure Freeman. If, okay. if he's still in office, but yeah, I. I'm know, there's sure always a probably. T- there's always a TV president, right? Well, and Martin Sheen was the last one, right? Then there's the Martin Sheen was, president. I mean, pro- probably our most dignified president. Absolutely, like you know, and it's like when the right is like getting really crazy, but then like the left is like. I'm, I'm I don't very, know, man. I'm I very, love Martin Sheen for that. I'm very thankful for the power of film and television for us to imagine a world where there might be a female president so we didn't have to actually experience that reality you, because, you know, we get to safely experience the fiction of it, but it's never happened in real life as far as I know. Well, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julie Louis-Dreyfus uh, did get into the Oval Office. Well, she was vice president, but, like, you know, like, the thing is, is, like, I like about movies is that how it predict, how it, how it talks about, like, the way things are right now. Like, we don't ever want to change things. Like, that's crazy. Like, things are pretty cool the way they are a lot of times, and, like, you know, like, we've been, we've been mentioning TV shows, I'll say, but, you know, like, whoever was the president in, like, uh, Independence Day, like... I'm just saying, like, that dude, that's a real one, you know? President in a movie, not in a TV show. We've I mean, gotten away I mean, from the, clearly, we've gotten away clearly, from what we're trying to. Clearly, film, film is what's closest to to all of our hearts. Exactly, right? We're all film critics here. We're all going to talk and about so some So we're going to talk about the first movie that we ever saw together as, you know, these, the very, the, we have very different visions, I would say, as critics, you know, mutual right. respect. Right. But... We got together and we watched The Machinist. Yeah, we we got we got four movies for the docket. Okay, we got The Oldie, which is The Machinist, came out in two thousand four, right? We got The Goody, Leaving Las Vegas. Okay, that came out in nineteen ninety five, but that one's actually good. And then Ugly, this new Avatar movie, which we'll get to later. But as you mentioned already, Ebert, The Machinist, two thousand four. Tell us what you thought about it. You know, we just watched it not that long ago. 
probably fresh in our minds. Like, what's your vibe? What you what you thinking? Well, you know, 2004 for me, you know, it was it was the it was the year I was born. So this is a this is a film that I connect to on a soul level. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, you guys are couple of fogies. Really, couple really of fogies. old. I yeah. wasn't gonna say anything, but you know, people call. Have me, you seen Teen Wolf? I've seen everything, Grandpa. I've seen absolutely everything, because um, I, I like I said, I'm built different. I was born different. Um, yeah, you were like built for tough. I, I was built. Uh, I was built to watch film and criticize film. I was made. You know, I, the, the, they made the entire schooling system of the Clockwork Orange method it, is based off of me. And so, of course, I've seen The Machinist many times. Um, I actually like to see The Machinist this way, and I recommend it to all of our audience, uh, our listeners. Um, you should watch, in this order, you should watch uh, The Machinist, and then Leaving Las Vegas, which we'll talk about a little later. And then you should watch Black Swan, kind of surprising in this lineup. But then immediately, and then immediately, and I mean you cannot take any breaks between these four films, you've got to watch The Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Um, and it, it, everything about the universe will make sense if you watch them in that order. Totally. Four very distinct movies. No, very few similarities. I couldn't, I can't really think of any, honestly. It is, I mean, yeah, no, you watch those four together. If you think your mind was blown when you watched Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon played backwards, watch these four movies in that order. And I, I know you two were, themes. you two were skeptical when I first told you. And then, and then you both told me about how, you know, you, you saw, after that, you saw the machine elves, right? When you did it, when you did it without taking a break. Yeah, machinist elves actually. Yes. Yeah, because like yeah. I was like watching this stuff like it was almost Christmas time, so it was like fresh in my mind like this machine elves because like because like Santa's got elves, right? I mean, and then and then like how do they make toys? They have to have machines, right? So they're machine elves, and then the machi- the elves themselves are made out of machines. So they're like it's like a that's like a that's like a uh, a double that's like a double elf like a double uh, machine I, something you said it was you what you were saying was was not very profound but it made me think of something very profound which is um the way that anderson directs this film reminds one that we are all machines mm. trapped in a monotonous circuit of wires and screws and we're just grinding and grinding away, running out, right. of, running out of oil. Mm-hmm. It, you yep. see it in the in the cinematography and the use of color, or should I say, the absence of color. This movie really makes me feel like I gotta change my windshield wipers. You know what I'm saying? Like metaphorically, metaphorically, but also like, like physically, like I'm gonna go to AutoZone and like have them do it because like i'm freaked out well that, i'm too I, freaked know, out i feel like the eyelids are the windshield wipers to the soul that is to the eyes <laughs> i 
No, that that's I couldn't said it better myself. What can, what more can we say about the machinist? You know, it's a movie of, about a guy. <laughs> it's a movie about a guy, right? And he's like at work and shit, right? And, and we all got jobs. Oh, sorry, Ebert. Oh, it's all it's all right. It's all right. No, I'm Eb- a, I'm allergic to people sp- talking about jobs, manual labor. Right. No, true. We haven't had real jobs. Our I'm an I, I've never had to do manual labor, and I thank my dad for that every day. Exactly. I thank my mom. I thank my stepdad. I thank my step stepdad. I feel like, I feel like there's so many dads to thank. You know, because my mom is like so cool and meets so many cool people. I will say about so many the- cool guys just sitting around the house. It's just like so much inspiration. The you know, mach- that makes me think of the machinist. The machinist is a standalone movie. Uh, I I'm going to disagree with you two. Uh, I, absolute snooze fest. Uh, Why? Christian- Why? No. Okay. The point is to bore you into wanting to gnaw your own arm off and never and not even eat it. Not even eat it because Christian Bale makes starving look so good. The exquisite, the exquisite pain, the the exquisite suffering. Yo, you know, the- he could have lost all that weight for a, a much better movie. Uh, I have significantly more respect for uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, recently in The Whale. Mm. Uh, uh, I believe he gained 300 pounds. Uh, that's commitment. Uh, showing your rib cage definition. Not, not for me. Um it's just, you know, I, it was one year before Batman Begins, and all I could think when I was watching this was, wake me up when Bale plays a superhero. Wake me up when Bale plays a superhero. No, I got you I, I don't. I, I don't like pretentious movies. I don't like indie stuff. Uh, garbage. Absolute snooze fest bore. Uh, if you do not own, uh, or if, if you are in the bargain bin, of the DVDs at your local bookstore and you see The Machinist and it's a dollar. Just pass on it. Just pass Don't on it. Don't even bother, right? Don't even bother. Right. I couldn't disagree more. I just, I really thought this movie had a lot of emotional depth. I thought, here's a guy showing up to work and, like, he just, like, he just, like, works. And then he just, like, cuts a guy's arm off accidentally but like, kinda, well, let's kinda, not... he kind of did it in like a leftist way, you know. It was kind of like he was kind of being like a leftist there. I don't know. He was like, kind of like, hey, like I'm gonna get you a big settlement and like you don't have to work anymore. That's like what leftists do. Like they don't want to work, right? If you can read anything you want into it, uh, but if you skipped it in 2004, keep skipping it. That's my advice on the machinist. I think film is not just about escaping our reality into a happier reality. Sometimes the reality we escape into is a hellscape. And that's what that's what the machinist is to me. It's for so for a unique kind of viewer of film. I like happy movies. I like movies where good guys catch criminals 
And uh, the one thing I will say about The Machinist, though, was um, it had a hooker character, which very, very few movies you've ever seen have. I've never seen it in another It, it might have been. It was bold. It was bold. Uh, the arc, the arc of the of the sex worker in this movie has never been. It's never. It's never happened. It's never. It's happened never like happened, and it was a particularly bold choice to portray this hooker with. I'm just gonna say, frankly, a heart of gold. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. Really, really unique take on that. Uh, the rest of the movie, you know, I I could really just do without though. So like okay like y'all like like let's get like a let's get like a let's like say like what we think but like in like a number right but like about this movie so like so like if you had to judge this movie based on like how many arms would you lose for this movie you know if you had to lose anywhere between 1 to 5 arms like how many how many like like how many though like how many? I would lose three arms if I never had to think about this movie again. You know, I feel like I feel like we had similar but like different thoughts and shit. And like I also agree I would lose three arms. I would lose three arms for this movie. I I'm gonna have to say four arms mm. and I would use my last one to do a silent pantomime of a clap for this movie. But like, would you take two arms and like, would you like, would you put both thumbs up and say you would give two arms with two thumbs up for, for like the machinist? Would you give it two thumbs up with two arms? Uh, sure. (laughs) Sure. Okay. All right, y'all like, Okay, I feel like we talked about The Machinist enough, right? Like, this movie was just okay, right? It's just to get us warmed up for what we are really trying to get to. We're going to get to our second movie now, which is Leaving Las Vegas, 1995. This is our goodie for the for the podcast. We did our oldie. That was 2004. That was The Machinist. This is the goodie. Well, what's great about talking about this movie with you two is that i know that we're all fans of the the actor nicholas cage for different reasons and so for me what attracts me to this film is is cage's commitment to a character that frankly um it has 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 a mystery that's really appealing you know we 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 see him destroying himself and um and we don't know why and 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 we have this beautiful love story at the heart of it where uh cage is just really selling us on a man who is is determined to um to embody suffering and 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 fate his fatalistic um uh, march towards death Yo, that's like, that's like deep. That's like not something I really thought of. So like, I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I'm gonna uh, not to say that you're wrong, <coughs> not to say that you're wrong, but to say that I'm right. You know, I'm allergic to people I, saying I'm wrong. that I'm right. Okay. <coughs> I thought this movie like 
had plenty of nudity in it. I thought that was good. Um, I think gambling is cool. I think that's really good. Um, did was they, this the other movie that had a a hooker in it? Like, there. I mean, you can count on one hand how many. Well, like okay, so like let's get into the movie, right? This is a movie podcast. We talk about movies. This is live in the theater talking movies. I'm here again with you, Mofo Jojo. We did not take a break, but I just thought I'd reset for a second, okay? Anyway, we're talking Leaving Las Vegas. Nicolas Cage in this movie, okay, another thing that I thought was making this cool was like he was like, I'm going to drink myself to death, right? This is what I'm going to do. Um, and you can't tell me not to, you know? And I think that really kind of like, that kind of hit me. Deep in yeah. the chest, because, like, I've had that conversation with my mother so many times, you know? And I'm just – and she's just like, why can't you just, like, get a part-time job? Why can't you just, like, do the dishes sometimes or something? Like, we let you stay here. And I'm just like, why are you going to do me like that, okay? Like, I'm in your basement. I don't cause a problem. I just make a little bit of noise sometimes, right? And I'm watching six movies a day. I'm trying to hone my craft. I'm trying to become Wayne Gretzky of Michael Scott of watching movies and stuff. So, like, to me, that's what the this movie made me feel like that, you know? You know, I, I think you may be connected to the amazing performance by Elizabeth Shue as the sex worker. Again, another one with the heart of gold who's who's really... She's really into this guy, mm. wants to, you know, tether him to reality. And we, we see this visually um, laid out so many different times with the way that their bodies are entangled on the screen. And, you know, um, I, I analyzed it in a very sexless way uh, as, as a metaphor for how we, we all have entanglements. This really is the machinist of a decade earlier. Uh, there is, again, the very rare trope of a prostitute, uh, a good-natured prostitute at that, in the movie. Uh, but also, like Christian Bale used the machinist as a launching pad to his you know, good action movies, uh, this movie brought Nicolas Cage Oscar and... Nicolas Cage, because of leaving Las Vegas, got to wake up every day and see Oscar. And that enabled him to take his really prime roles uh, in The Rock, Con Air, uh, my personal favorite, Face Off, and uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, you, you really know. got into prime Cage mm -hmm. because he got over the artsy-fartsy leaving Las Vegas stuff and he got into what he was good at. So that's I, I have very little to say about this as a movie. I just look at it as it's good that Nicolas Cage got movies like that out of his system. I, really, it could do I'm, what he does best. I'm not surprised you have very little to say about this movie. And why is that? Even? Well, what, what 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 makes you? I mean, say I'm that? not I'm not I'm not surprised at the just utter wankery, frankly of. <laughs> You saying, oh, it's about death, well, whatever, I, I whatever mean, that means. I, I, I was just <laughs> waiting for you to list more of uh, Mr. Cage's films because clearly you've never even seen Leaving Las Vegas. 
No, that's not true. We would okay. never review I, a movie I, we've never seen. Well, okay? no, I, I, actually, Obviously. actually, Ebert is correct. I have not, I have not seen the film. See, boom, I knew it. See, but like, so like to me, like you've seen the movie because like you classic hack movie because you read hack. the IMDb page and you know what happens. That's, and that's not, okay. No, you must experience I, the film. And that's okay. I think if you blink too many times, you haven't really watched a film. If you watch, if you like watch, like, let's say like, uh, like, you know, like I like basketball. Like if I just watch the box score move till it go like up two points, they scored a three. Like I wouldn't know anything. I would say that I watched the game, but I I didn't actually watch the game. I wouldn't know anything about sports. I'm far too masculine for that. Well, just (laughs) far too pretentious for sports you're not you're not a sports person Um, i'm used to my elders being threatened by my um success at such a young age i understand and and i respect that you're intimidated by me man eber you're really gonna have to turn down that energy okay because if you don't like you are just lighting this room on fire right now with this energy you're cackling you're crackling like like a like a log like a like a log on a fire like a like two logs on a fire like yo you are blowing my mind right now you know when i thought that i was jumping on a podcast with a a zoomer uh, I thought that we'd be talking about some MCU, uh, you know, oh, maybe, see, maybe some yo, DC. I love me some MCU. Yeah. I love me some MCU. Look, I'm 42 years old. I love, 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 love. Thanos is probably my favorite character of all time. I think he's better than any character. I, I just, I just love a purple man. Well, I would um, love to see you uh, n- not be into just you know every stupid superhero movie out there okay but like hear me out right (laughs) there's like 70 of them i can like like 48 or like 52 maybe or even close to 65 of them like that's not that doesn't mean i like bad movies that doesn't mean those movies are bad just because i like them you know it's like there's some real elitism here i'm really starting to agree with you know burn joyland over here you know ebert you're kind of you're kind of killing my vibe right now like you're kind of like do you, you have anything else to say about uh well well about leaving las vegas or anything what do we think i well, mean we, I, we were talking about the mcu a little bit uh i just want to shift gears here really quick and um if uh, if jeremy renner is listening uh you know hawkeye is my favorite mm-hmm. uh among right. all of the avengers is the best avenger and um Actually, like I said, I was a bit of a tech holdout. Uh, it was actually Jeremy Renner official, the mm. app that uh, made me even get a smartphone. So uh, I wish that that app was still around today, so we could all wish him well uh, after he got hit with that snowplow. Uh, you know, I've been reading about him constantly. Uh, one of my favorite actors. Uh, one of the only actors who's shorter than me, which I think is why I like him so much. Burn. I just want to say. Jeremy Renner is the only reason why I got off T9 texting. Okay. I have been T9 texting and then I stopped and I, and I saw the light because of this man. So I just want to say shouts to Jeremy Renner. He is still breathing and hopefully, you know, he gets out of that ICU and does what he does best, which is 
Rennie. breathing breathing rarefied air uh, as a thespian frankly um jeremy get back to it we love you we we're we, well eber we eber, our, eber might not here. we but, renters out yeah. here okay we renting we rent this town I, we rent this I, town that's uh, right i just made that up i would not i would not wish ill will on on any actor i respect i respect the craft too much i respect filmmaking um i, I was really really quite a fan of um of of his of his work mm. and um you know, hope that hope that he's he's gonna do well. I, I do pride myself on I don't follow the personal lives of people. I try to please try to avoid telling me when when um, actors have perished. It hurts me greatly. Uh, you, you think I'm emotional now? You would not want to see me if you if you told me, for instance. Um, you know, I I don't want to know if um, if um, you know the great uh, Cary Grant has passed on. Yeah. I okay. I, I won't. I won't spoil it for you then. I won't, no, I won't tell you. Where I think we should have a no spoilers policy. It's a very surprising, actually, because Ebert seems pretty preoccupied with death. I'm just happy that you two are just like having a good time and like, and 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 can talk about movies. Remember, well, we're live in the can, theater. You can disagree. We're talking movies. You can disagree. You can we're have, talking movies. You can have completely different views. You can, you know, find someone else to be a hack, a nepotism baby, a know-it-all. A nepo baby. Um, yep. You could you could think all these things, but you, you can still have mutual respect and a love for film. Absolutely. And we all love cinema. We all love the cine. Uh, however you say it like in in the in the in that uh the, Spa- in the Spaniard language the, the cine, whatever that is the cine yeah the cine yeah 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 no for real though like yo like shouts out to cine like you know that's why we're all here live we're all in the theater we're still talking movies man and we got okay let's 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 leave leaving laws let's ha <laughs> Let's leave leaving Las Vegas in the past with a review. How many poker tables would you flip for this movie? Tell me. On a scale of 1 to 5, how many poker tables you flip? Uh, it's an easy 5 for me. I would flip them all with such tremendous joy, screaming, just, you know, pure cage. Uh, I then, haven't seen the movie, but from what I've read, I'd, I'd flip one one table. I am flipping four tables for this movie. I thought, you know, I thought, you know, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good movie, right? Like, I'd probably watch it again at some point um, if I was just, like, flipping through movies on Netflix or something. And I'm probably gonna give it four. I think four out of five is is my rating. Okay. So that means we're into the ugly portion of our reviews. Unfortunately, we're yep, reviewing. Is, yep. We're we're reviewing a movie that needs an introduction. Okay. To me, uh-oh. to me, this movie needs some introduction and. 
I'm going to introduce it as one of the biggest pieces of garbage ever created. Okay. Avatar, The Way of Water. New movie just came out, 2022. I thought it was called um, Avatar 2, The Way in the Water People. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, it's Avatar. Oh, shit, it's Avatar. It's Avatar. I like... I like the way the water moves. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way the water moves. It's like, it's like. And it was actually Big Boy from Outcast who uh, what reappropriated his uh, right. classic hit. I like the way you move. Right, I like the right way. At, right during the title sequence. I yeah. didn't think I, I was that Big Boy. Was that the dude with the with the umbrella? What's his What's his name? Um, uh, Franz. Franz, Franz, Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. That's right. Franz yeah. Ferdinand was in the movie. He was twirling around the little umbrella, okay. And he said, "I like the way the water moves." And 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 that was like that's actually like the climax of the movie. Well, that's when I that's when I learned about um, our friend Burns' uh, uh, tradition here. Every time someone says the title of the movie in the, in the theater, what, oh can you God. can you do the sound for the for the listeners, Burn? And, 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 I, and I encourage you all to make this a tradition because I just think it's a it, it's a nice way to tell if someone is a real film head, right? Right, because they're doing they're doing the thing that we all know that we all that we all do that we all do together, and we all love when the guy in the movie says the title of the movie. I love it. That's First my time I ever it. did it was uh, Doc uh, in Back to the Marty. We're going to send you. Back to the future. Kaka. Wow, that's an intense and, movie and moment. And didn't you get escorted from the theater that time? Uh, I I did. I did. But you kept doing it anyway. I kept, kept doing, doing it, it anyway. anyway uh, that's who you are. That's who I am. And they got to know me there. It it exactly. got to be a, a little bit of a bit. And uh, yeah. And now it's a thing, and it's a, it's actually a really inspiring story, like like one you might find in a film. Well, I'm still kind of looking for my first Twitter Yo. follower. I I would like you guys to actually follow me on Yo, Twitter. Yo, but Burn, nice. like, think about it. Like, you basically, like, went the, like, 1980 version of, like, viral. And, like, and, like you... Because people in the town were, like, talking about you, which is, like, getting twitter notifications yo that was like getting twitter notifications is when there was like people like around when there was actual word of mouth when there was actual human contact uh i i I, again i've been dragged kicking and screaming into this twitter thing but i hate it (coughs) and i particularly hate that nobody including neither of you follow me i could get kaka going i i haven't figured out how to start a twitter i don't know who that is I wouldn't expect. Oh, neither of you are on. I wouldn't expect. I'm not it, Jen. I oh wait, I, I forgot. I am on Twitter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect. To, that's why you're not doing too well on Twitter. You don't even remember you I got forgot. it. I forgot. I'm Mofo um, Jojo Twitter at on Twitter. I actually but, only signed up after Elon Musk bought it. You know, like I wouldn't expect o- okay. older people like you two to understand, but it, you know, if I followed someone with as low of a follow count as yours, it's like moving into a neighborhood full of abandoned houses you know what i mean oh okay no like so like abandoned right that's like that like abandoned lives there like 
Who let's is that? Talk Who's about, abandoned? Let's talk about the new Avatar and how terrible it was. Let's shit. I, let's talk I, about it's it. A, it's a personal thorn in my side or an iceberg in the side of the Titanic ship. Oh, shit, That bro. James Cameron, who I think of as one of the, the greatest auteurs of our generation, has wasted his talent making years like a woman wasting her childbearing years on a terrible terrible man he has wasted his best years as a director making pocahontas with blue people talking about unobtainium and all of this other nonsense i just think that this visual feast is a feast made for rats wow that's like that's like really kind honestly like because like to me like i don't like that like people are like the bad guys like i can't relate to a story where there's like bad people in it like because like to me like people are fucking like they're so cool like well, i'm a person and that yeah. means that i'm good let like, me I'm let a me person. let me point out that the blue people who are not people they're not even no. mammals they have boobs that okay is, well that is fine i think that's they, great actually it doesn't make any sense for them to have boobs that's like the only thing keeping me in this movie is like is like seeing these like mammalian features as you call them or whatever like i just like i just feel like you know it has a little bit of that leaving las vegas feel to me in that way like i kind of need it like if i don't have it then like i can't go to sleep at night like i literally can't like fall asleep if there's not if that's not in there like what do you think burn i i liked avatar 2 even more than avatar 1 which i loved uh huge 3d guy here uh always have been but the real part of it that inspired me is these blue people left to their own devices are probably not going to do all that well um in anything that they take on they need a good meat and potatoes guy like jake sully to step in and help him out and lead the way uh you know jake is uh one of the sky people uh one of the good ones and uh, right. these these savages, these right. blue savages, are not. They need him to well, become one of them. Uh, really, I mean, one of one, I'm, both of them top ten movies for me of all time. Well, you know what what you really right like, behind Dancing what, with Wolves. What you really like about it, it really reminds me of what I hate about it which is, you know, this idea of the, the conflict that is lost when, um, you know, we're, we're, we're having to, you know, uh, you mentioned this earlier, this idea of, uh, you know, we're supposed to be against the people who look like us. Yo, and like, that's so crazy. Like, I, how are you supposed to, like, empathize or, like, how are you supposed to have feelings for, like, when it's like people are bad, when it's like, bro, like, people are why we got movies. Like, how are you just gonna diss on people? Like, like, like I just, I just like, I just really didn't like it. You know, I just, I feel like, well, it, it, 
I don't know, man. It just really made me mad. Let's let's not mince words here. It sounds like uh, both of you, Ebert in particular, are uh, beating around the bush and insinuating that this movie, either Avatar movie, has a white savior complex. Would that would that be fair? No, but criticism? like I think that's cool. Like I think I think it's like well, I'm a white like, guy. I mean, so as like, opposed I, to a blue yeah, savior that's complex. Like, that's I mean, like, you know, that's like that woke speak. You know, part of what I don't like about this movie is that, um, you know, uh, you know, Jake Sully he ends up being one of one of the blue guys, and it's like it's like he never cares about being a human guy again. Yo, I guarantee you, like those blue people. They, like, dog, they've been, like, talking so much about, like, critical race theory and, like, and, like, telling me that, like, just because, like, I came to their planet and tried to steal their shit that, like, I'm some bad dude. Like, you got to understand that, like, I need it. I, I, like, I need it. I really need it. And, like, you're just going to deny that to me? Bro, like, that's not hedonistic. Like, I need it. Like, I have feelings, and I have to... I can't suppress my feelings. I can... I can't. I need it. I I feel like that if Jake Sully, uh, formerly not blue, is blue, the rest of the blue people will kind of know their place. They won't get too up. I I thought this this would have really... The use of color was too much it was too gaudy it was too vibrant too many colors i felt i felt too immersed in the realism i felt like i was there uh it was unsettling it messed with my idea of reality i I think um i think i think uh that when you know there was like definitely just nods to, to so many things that were so derivative it was so cliche it was like seeing blue hitler round up blue jews it was very schindler's list all over again um just just it's been done before yo but like honestly though like i'm not like a leftist or nothing but like when when blue joey Steele came in there and like sent like 30 million blue people after like the hit the blue the blue hit the 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 blue the blue hit the blue hitler like dog that like just like I felt good because I was just like, yo, some fighting's going to happen, bro. That's sick. And, like, I'm a neutral observer. I don't actually – I don't have to pick a side because, like, cause like being in the center is, like – that's, like, being the most important person because, like, you don't have a side. You just, like – you just watch, bro. You just, like – you just watch movies, you know? Like, you just watch it. And, and like, you don't have to, like – have morals or classic popcorn syndrome i've told you you've got popcorn syndrome i think that the way you eat popcorn you you probably got some kernels in your brain the way you 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 inhale it yo these weed pens bro i got these popcorn lungs bro i just like it coughs up and then i like i i caramelize it and then i like eat like i put it in a bag and then like and that's how i like watch movies you know what i'm saying like i eat that with like peanut m&ms bro like that's who I am. That's what that's what I do. I can't eat snacks when I'm in the theater. I find it too distracting. Uh you know, theaters are not going to be around, frankly, if we don't eat those snacks though. Uh I'm thank God since after the pandemic, uh, you're constantly guilted 
into buying things and oh how are theaters gonna stay alive how are theaters gonna stay alive like it's true we we, we can't lose it um well, we've yes. already lost print i've lost print print's out of my life i don't yeah. like change i don't like digital film i like celluloid uh and pretty soon it's it's gonna be all vod all video on demand and uh I'm not here for it when when that day happens. Well, I'm we I'm all, out of the game. We all just went to our favorite theater wa- and watched a watched a new film together. We're gonna talk about that one. Yo, we're getting to that like so soon. Like we're just I can't wait. Like y'all are in for a real treat here. Yo, live in the theater talking movies. Like we're talking the best movies. Some of them not so best, but I'm like not so good sure. movies, bad yeah. movies. We review them all. Because, like, we watch movies, right? We're live, okay? We're live on the podcast, talking movies. So, does anyone have anything else to say about Avatar? I just thought, truly offensive as a human being to watch this movie. I like seeing inferior people elevated by an outsider. I find it inspiring. All right. Well, um, since it's the end of uh, talking about Avatar, we got to give this our ratings. Obviously, we've done this three times, y'all. Y'all know what it is. Avatar, I like the way the water moves. How many civilizations would you destroy on a scale of one to five? Or I guess five is the most you can do. I mean, we're talking, you know, a lot of travel in here. It takes a long time. So, like, one out of five, what do you guys got? All five, the whole enchilada. Drop what you're doing. See it now. Square off three and a half hours and see this movie. Yo. All right, Ebert. What do you got? What do you got for Avatar? I would destroy one civilization, and it would be Earth itself, and I would not leave on an escape pod because this movie makes me embarrassed to be a human being. Yo, that's like, that's like ruthless, but like, but like that's what you gotta be in life to like get ahead, Ebert. That's like that's that was like, that's like really hitting my hitting me right in the right in the like uh, in the stomach and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I give it a two out of five civilizations. I killed. I, I think I had time for at least two. You know, uh, not my favorite movie. You know, but we're not gonna stress about that anymore because. We have here is a brand new, brand freaking new think, movie. I don't think a lot of people. These are people are not ready. About this no, movie. these this people is, are not ready for they're this. They're not ready for. They're our, not ready for, for this. Hot well, takes they're not professional critics like we are. Exactly. We got an early screening. We did. It came out today. Okay. For critics. For critics only. Okay, and select theaters. And actually, only in our theater, it was just one. It was we we're the only ones who've seen this movie. It's just the three of us, right? Even the cast uh, of the movie wasn't really right. That right. The director, the editor, I guess five people in the world have seen. They've this movie. seen the movie because they put it together. But otherwise, other than that, it's just us three. Okay, we're here to review 2023's own The Good Devil. Truly, a movie. I will never forget. I 
please correct me if I'm wrong. I might refer to this numerous times during this podcast as the great devil because that's exactly what it was. I, it, it does not seem to be the correct adjective, and I think that that's, that's part of what makes the title and the delivery of the title when it was spoken and we all did our caca. Oh. oh, that just made it so good because he's underselling. He's underselling himself. The director is underselling with the mm-hmm. title, and you feel you feel overwhelmed by how truly great it is. You feel like they oversold it, but yet somehow like also like over delivered it. You know what I'm saying? Like this movie hyped up. Nobody was waiting to see this except for us. We were so ready for this, right? We're the only three people to see it. I want to read you guys the description that they sent me. This is this is the prime cut. This is like the description of the movie. <coughs> like I got this straight straight from the horse. You know what I'm saying? Like uh I thought it was I really it. cool that they delivered it by horse. They delivered it by horse mouth. It's incredible. Like I just I'd never seen anything like it. It's this one of one. So, this is the description for The Good Devil 2023 parenthetically today. It came out today. Okay, we saw it. I am rage. I am the night sky. I am a wild horse. I am the good devil. And this is a movie. I want a hug. No, I need a hug. I can't let you be alone tonight. What if you get struck by lightning in your apartment? I need someone to tell me that I'm perfect. I've done nothing wrong. I'm a good devil. I'm a good devil. Ka-ka! Yo. That was, was, you know, honestly, I feel like maybe... Word for word. Maybe you should change your profession because you're a much better actor than you are a film critic. Yo, like... No no Javier Bardem, but... Oh, yo, like, I'm going to take that as, like, such, like, immense respect from you, Ebert, because you're a legend. You're 19 years old. You're already a legend in the game. I'm 42 years old. I'm an up-and-comer, right? Like, I can't even... I'm not even on the same level as Ebert here. Even though they've been incredibly rude all evening, I think they they really know what it's like to be a good film critic. So, like, so them saying that I'm not a good film critic, but I can read paper? I can read, like... I can read like that's sick. That's you, sick. Bro. You read with uh, emotion. You know, I'm a really emotional guy, and I, 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 when I see the same passion in someone else, I really like to applaud that. And you know, speaking of, you know, we mentioned Javier, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem um, is the good devil. You know, he's the good devil. I mean, not since you know his performance in No Country for Old Men has he simmered and seethed with such intensity. Um, he's also bringing, you know, the same kind of charm that he has in classics, cl- Spanish classics like El Mar Adentro, mm. The Sea Inside. For those of you who are not, you know, bilingual, I'm actually, I'm actually multilingual. We'll not, not Yo, get into like, that. Yo, like, I don't know but, what that is, uh, but like, I'm, but, but Javier, I want to be Javier in any language and in, in any capacity is, you know, always, always firing on all cylinders. But I think in this role as the good devil, he... He really sells you on um, 
you know, being every man, being every man and, and knowing immense suffering, but also knowing immense joy and knowing, um, that, that even when you do your best, um, um, all you can really hope for is to be, is to be good. Yo, yo. Yeah, you both you... have seen a few movies with me now, and mm-hmm. you know the phrase that I always say to both of you when we're watching movies. My favorite phrase, cut to the chase. Movies are about car chases. Uh, and if you don't have one, it's probably a bad movie. <laughs> this is probably the best movie I've ever seen that doesn't have a single car chase, and you'll notice I didn't even say cut to the chase. It, it, I did not notice now that you said that I am, I am gobsmacked. I am shocked. You can, you can hear the, the, the trembling in my voice. I just realized though, that the, the cinematography really does make you feel as though you are following a car chase. And I think that's maybe why you were able to, to take in this film as if it were a car chase, because often we are right behind Javier Bardem's head, as if he is driving a car. Yeah, no, it's like he's yeah. it's like he's driving a 2006 Ford Fusion SE, and like the catalytic converter fell off. Like he, so he's making all kinds of noises. He's farting real loud. He's like he's a good devil. Like you know he's like he's a good guy, but like he does bad things. Like like yo, like my you favorite car chase. My, my favorite part of this movie was like that scene where like he's out on the city right and then like he uses his like devil powers or whatever to like push that old lady out into traffic but then he like saves the old lady so it makes him look really cool like i really well, like it then, when guys that, right. do bad things to other people well, to set themselves up and, and to look then, really cool and then you know and then he's and then he's because of that he gets re- he gets rewarded you know so he's he's commenting uh, the the plot of the movie is really commenting on the idea of there's no such thing as pure altruism. There's Yo, only it's like, there's only doing good deeds, it's knowing like, that it's gonna get you pussy. No, it's gonna get you money. top, bro. Yep. Yeah, I need top. Like that's that was like the climax of the movie was like <laughs> was the good devil saying I need top. Well, what it was really great about it is that it's a moment of vulnerability that you don't often see from a leading man. <laughs> Because he's putting himself in the position of admitting that he's desperate for love and attention. And, and aren't we all, but we, we're not strong enough to admit that we need top. Everyone needs top. Uh, <laughs> Javier Bardem, not afraid to say it. Uh, you could be a good devil. You could be a bad angel. You need that top. <laughs> And this movie is really all about nuance, but at the end of the day, um, it really does tell us like what all of our aim in life is and should be, which is you know. Well, you mentioned trim top. Yes, Yo, like, you mentioned. What? Well, you mentioned the you mentioned the you know a, a bad angel, right? Yeah. Um, we all. I'm we hoping all, that that's the sequel. To, well, no. Well, we all we, we have to talk about. I think that is the setup because we have to talk about um, the counterpart to Javier here. Um, we had our leading lady. Uh, where you know the love interest, um, uh, you know yet again uh, in a role where I think um, you know she really transcends um, other roles that she's been in. Mm-hmm. Unlike Javier, she's not wow. as established, um, but she's really she's really 
um, she's really doing doing a, a, a great a great a great time a, a great a great job sorry um, uh, and and um, I'm, I'm blanking on her name who was who was who was our leading Tina? lady was yo it, it was Jamie sweaty bro like Jamie sweaty like yo every time like she's in a movie it's like or it's like he I think I think he's dressing like a she. I don't remember, bro. Like, I can't even remember. I just need a top so bad. Like, I don't even remember, the good, like, a lot of details. But, like, she said this thing that was like, make, let's make demons blush and angels jealous. Like, oh, yo. Like, what I is mean, that? I that mean, was, that was right before she gave him the top that he needed. And I think, I think uh, <laughs> what, what was really... What was really important about that was um, the conflict remained steady throughout because, you know, um, her point of view about the world is, you know, it being it's better to be a bad angel than a good devil. And so that, you yeah. know, there's the duality of man right there. Yo, so like um, even the good devil has stuff to learn. Like, like it's better to be a bad angel. Like he fell from like, he must have like, did they talk about this in the movie at all? Like where he came from, or like? Well, there was there was that one um, really really sly, really well done exposition dump when we meet, um, you know, we meet Luis Guzman, mm. who's playing Javier Bardem's older brother, right? Um, who still lives in hell. We take a little mm. sojourn to hell, right? right? Right. And when we're down there, and 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 Luis Guzman is like is is torturing Hitler with a pitchfork. Um, we, Hitler we, played by Ron Perlman. Yeah, oh, did yeah. You, did well, you that guys, was great. That did was you guys great think to see was, Ron. Yeah, I did not like, know yeah. that. Like, it, it yo, was like, interesting Anthony to see Bourdain Hitler with a hell. jawline like that. You know. Yeah. Yo, they like got like Anthony Bourdain in hell. Like they got like. But they, they made it look like he was down there like sampling like the the the, the, the cuisine the cuisine like yeah. the people oh, the people right, who are being like spit roasted over a fire. So I I thought that the subtext was that Bourdain's in heaven and he's visiting hell. Yo, because uh, they got they got sick ass food down on like yeah. It's like yeah. So we get a got, really like, you know, we get shit. a really rich snapshot of hell, and then we hear from we hear from his brother. You know, um, this idea of, of you know uh, the, the the decisions that the good devil has had to make yeah. um, to really leave leave his leave uh, leave his life in hell behind and walk amongst. Um, the humans and what's really interesting I think is is it, it's got all of these fantastical elements and so you want to maybe label it a pure fantasy or sci-fi but um, I believe it's really shot in, in more of a film noir style you know we've got we've got our bad angel you know her name's you know Angelica I don't think that's on that's you know that's intentional Angelica um, yeah Miss, Miss Sweaty herself Miss Sweaty herself she's, right. and she's being you know She's the femme fatale, and and what we really have uh, the good devil doing is is um it, it, he's an, he's on an investigation of sorts. Yeah, like he, like he's just like he's just like walking through life, you know, just like going through the motions, bro. Like he's like he's like going to schools and like and like and like making kids write down the wrong answer, but then he like, but then he's like all right, like, I'm going to teach you. Like, I'm going to be your dad now. And they were like, I already have a dad. And he's like, not anymore. And then he's like that kid's father. And that's like, that's like really humble and like humility and like 
that's like he's like looking for the, like the meaning of life and shit, man. Like it's the greatest mystery of all, and he is like the greatest mystery man. Exactly, because he's like the good devil. Like he's like somebody nobody ever knowed, nobody ever seed, nobody ever heard of. Never. Uh, <laughs> I mean. With Ms. Sweaty, I just have to say, here comes Oscar. I have not seen a star turn like this oh since. Oh my god, I know. Drew Barrymore in Fifty First Dates. Yo, like, yo, like some of my favorite movies, like, like, like Fifty Shades of Grey, and like, and like other ones, like, like also this a movie, movie had about that top. too. Yeah. Yo, like exactly. That's like what I'm saying. Like movies about top like well you, you well, and at you, least you, this you one is the most important genre at least you, you fellas know that i'm not a fan of gratuitous sex what is what is so amazing about the the you know there's about 33 minutes of sex in the in the good devil yeah but all of it is it's plot driven sex right there's a reason um for the fucking and the sucking and, and for it to be going on. There's sometimes, an orchestral score, yo, right, so you know it's not dirty. Exactly. You know, sometimes so you know exactly there's, there's, a, there's a full frontal nudity on one panel of the screen, and on the other panel, um, you see you know, you know see the good devil um, doing good deeds, and it's about, like again, the duality of man. It's a juxtaposition. Exactly, um, you know, it, It's a dichotomy, and we have to... Um, we learn by seeing all this sex happen and, and, and that... You know, the good are punished, the bad are punished, the, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, we learn the lesson together visually um, that, that, you know, there's nothing, that there's really, there's no morality. Exactly. Like, loss always wins, you know, bro? Like, loss always wins, man. It's like, it's like, I mean, like, it I don't It wouldn't be the even, same if you didn't know. see the tits. It, it just wouldn't w- be. And you know what? I think... 33 minutes or so it was a 90 minute movie a tight 90 i 30 percent of the movie being sex i thought was like them being kind of conservative you know like i felt like they could have like they could have extended it a little bit bro like at least 12 more minutes like make it 45 make it half make it half and half you know what i'm saying like a like a parnold like a parnold almer like a um like a yeah bro like yeah, like, it was yo, we're still... live in the theater, bro. Like we're live, we're 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 talking movies, bro. This is bringing prestige back to the NC seventeen rating, is what it is. Too hot for our uh, showgirls, uh, almost well, just it... completely besmirched everything about an NC seventeen movie. But then here comes the good devil. Yeah. People are actually going to go to the theater for this because it's going to be too embarrassing to watch with your parents on the couch. You know, um, you won't be able to stand up to get any popcorn, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yo, like I said, I make my own popcorn already, bro. Like, it's cool. Like, don't even fuck, bro. Like, one time I watched, like, European Gigolo with my parents and, like, yeah, it was kind of weird. So, like, I understand not wanting to take your kids to the movie. Actually, I don't think they'd let kids, like, in this movie which is probably why it's just us three together. And, like, I thought there was a guy standing in the corner for a while, but then, like, he, he kind of, like, got up and left after a while. Like, he was – I don't know. Well, bro. he was like, – uh, that 
I, I have some kind of tawdry theories about that guy, but uh, yo, he was like mad short, bro. Like he was wearing like a full suit and like had like a bow tie and like I swear to God, bro, I'd seen him in some movies, but like I don't even remember, bro, because like this movie captivated me so much. Like I don't even know who this guy was or who he is, but I definitely know. I could see, yeah, bro. Like I know this guy. Like I've seen him before, but like, yeah. It just when when the good devil started, I said, "Here's another movie that's gonna make me read between the lines," and they just don't do that. Harvey R. Bardem just kind of gets to it within 20 minutes. He said, "Like I need top." Well, and I, I do, and want... I do think that for a different kind of viewer, there is a rich subtext between the lines. Um, something that you could watch over and over and over again, but I, I do like I like the direct the directness as well, and in, in the way that that um yeah you, know, you feel spoken to all the fourth wall breaking very 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 cool. Yo, I love that as a plot device, bro. Like when the camera, when like when like the people on on like the on the screen like talk to me, like I feel like I feel like they're just like my friend, bro. Like they're just like trying to let me know like what's going on. Like they really just care about me, bro. Like I haven't had friends. I haven't had friends that cared about me like that since like this podcast, bro. Like since we got together, you know. So like I don't know. Does anyone have any? Wait, else? are you are you are you two together? Like I don't know. Forty two and nineteen is kind of. Mm. Oh no, bro! I was just saying. Like, oh, okay. It was cool to have yeah. friends. Like, yeah. Whether they're nineteen, whether they're forty-two, whether they're underage, whether that's. I mean, my I'm not ashamed to say it. My best friend is my mother. Yo, like my mom and me fight all the time. I can't stand it, but like she can be a nice lady and all that. She just like doesn't want to hear about my movies, bro. Like, and I'm not making movies. I'm just talking about them, bro. Like, she doesn't want to watch Die Hard for the seventieth time. Like, you know, like she doesn't want to watch like she doesn't want to watch that, uh, you know, like The Wizard of Oz again. You know, I understand. Like, that's all I do all day. That's who I am. So are we going to rate this one? You know, I would say let's rate this. Let's rate The Good Devil. But I think I know what all of our thoughts are. What do we let's all say it at the count of five. Like what we think about this movie, bro. Like. Let's let's I'm gonna count to five and then at five let's say what we think, bro. One, three, four, five. Movie Yo, it was like a year. five star out of five stars, bro. The review, like, I give it I give it five stars, like a hundred stars. Uh, I give it five stars uh, and a view from the top. Yo, burn like, but like, why didn't you like, bro? We were doing a thing, bro. Like, don't you know? Like, we we're all gonna say that to five. That we said it at five. Like, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm connecting with Ebert a little more at the end of this episode, where I thought they were incredibly rude before, but like, but like, I respected their movie. I respected their movies and stuff, right? Yeah. But like, but like, I just think. You know, maybe we just need to cut this short. You know, it's only been uh, an hour and ten minutes. You know, I think we got it right. We got it right. I I think so. Does anybody have any parting shots? Any uh, kind of messages that they want to get out there? Well, no, I think we're good. I I just like to say I'm Mofo Jojo, forty two years young. Mofo Jojo Movies dot com, uh, YouTube. 
uh, Mofo Jojo uh, Twitch on Twitch, Mofo Jojo Patreon on Patreon, Mofo Jojo Twitter on Twitter, IMDb award winning movie list, the 69 best movies ever list. That's all I got to say. Um, you know, just check me out, mofojojo.com, bro. Um, all my stuff is published in niche specific small micro journals and um you would never have heard of them oh that's sick bro okay what about you burn at burn joyland on twitter still looking for my first follower and uh at burn joyland on patreon you too can get the digital movie of uh the or sorry the digital version of uh the joy of movies uh my old dearly departed uh broadsheet and uh also, um, check me out on Screen Rant. Yo, that's, yo, yo, that, hell yeah, brothers, let's go. Like, we did it, man. For Burn, for Ebert, I'm Mofo Jojo. This has been live in the theater, talking movies, bro. We'll see you next time. We'll probably see you next time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Tells me that you are my own. You fill my eager heart with such desire.